guys hello and welcome back i'm jojo fraser it's time for a mojo injection episode 122 it's so nice to have you here whoop whoop this will be the last episode for a few weeks because it's easter break and i'm gonna recharge i'm gonna have a proper holiday and um slow down so i'm wishing you an amazing easter break and there's plenty of episodes to listen back on um if you like well 122 <laughs> so thank you so much for coming back and this week we're talking all about speaking from the heart sharing your truth especially if something is really wrong okay and because I talk openly, I get so many amazing people contacting me, wanting to share their truth, their story. And this episode is just proof that when you share deeply, you feel empowered, even if you have to be vulnerable, even if it's terrifying. When we share deeply, we start to heal and we inspire others and we challenge the things that aren't good enough, right? This is a judgment-free space, right? It's judge less, live more. It's still the strap line because it's so much easier to judge people in this world, right? But when we start to really feel our way through life, get to know people, that's when you know, we live a happier, more fulfilled life when we see what's underneath the surface, right? We don't just surface level judge people. But if you are judging people easily, then that's often a sign, right? That we need to do a bit of work, right? We need to do perhaps a lot of work. And I know that the worst I've been mentally, the most judgmental I've been, the best place I've been mentally, not just mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically, um, just I'm a free spirit and I'm loving life and I'm happy as Larry. So we need to look after ourselves, And I understand that sometimes, well often actually, when we've been through trauma, and we are talking about trauma this week, um, when we've been through trauma, we have guilt, uncertainty and self-blame to process these feelings. We need help. And Lisa, my guest, talks about a psychologist, you know, for you, it might be a psychotherapist, psychologist, counsellor, um, whatever it is, we need help to process. These feelings are crucial. They're valid, right? And in my own recovery, when I felt so much guilt and when I was being judged by a very small few, um, you know, I would have to say, oh, I feel so guilty, feel so guilty. And you know, the the professional or family member or, or whoever it is you're able to speak to will show you that compassion if you're not strong enough to give it to yourself, okay? So if you're blaming yourself, they'll show you that compassion. They'll dig deep for you. They'll tell you things like, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Your mental health wasn't right because you went through something or you went through a few things. And I'm just so proud of Lisa. So Lisa Rowland is our guest for this week. She's a proud mum, stepmom, a birth mum, and a nana to eight boys, an entrepreneur with a social conscience and a desire to empower women. She's scared and vulnerable, but happy to challenge all things negative in search of positivity. Boom, bang, bosh. She also loves wild swimming. She loves it. And I think that's certainly been part of her recovery and her healing process. And it's certainly been part of mine. So it was lovely to hear that today um lisa shares really openly um she had a traumatic experience of sex abuse when she was younger and i think no matter what your story is what, whatever you've been through right you can relate it to how she approached healing and talking and feeling empowered and knowing that her voice matters and knowing that your voice matters so be challenged be inspired by lisa 
and I will put her details in the show notes. Um, she has said she's happy for people to get in touch if you want to discuss anything that's affected you in this conversation today. Um, and I'm just so proud of Lisa and so proud of this episode. And it just proves that we all experience these feelings of guilt and shame and self-blame. But, you know, when we talk about things and we get the help we need and we process things and we speak and we know our voice matters, that's when the magic happens. So on that note, let's do it. Let's jump in. All the love, guys. Welcome to Time for a Mojo Injection. It's lovely to have you in this space. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. I'm yeah, it's good. It's good to be here. Oh, well, that's that's always a great start. <laughs> People are I, I mean, this is like a, a kind of I call it a safe space uh, where we judge less, we live more, and we encourage others to do the same. And we had quite a powerful discussion, was it last month? The months just fly in. Um, and you were sharing with me, you know, how you'd, after holding trauma from the past for so long that you had this moment of, right, I need to release this. Can you talk to us a little bit about that and how you decided to start talking openly about your mental health and, and struggles you've had in the past? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, it kind of evolved over a period of time um, and probably was about, for about seven or eight years, I had this, this, this kind of thought, I, I want to do something about this, I want to talk about this, um, which was probably, to be fair, kind of started with the whole um, Jimmy Savile thing. There was this kind of tsunami of stuff in the media and every newspaper you looked at or on the, on the, on the TV, there would be more and more and more people talking about um, abuse and historical abuse in their stories. Um, and for me, um, I, I just, I just, every time you hear that, you kind of think, gosh, wow, you know, could I talk about what happened to me? Should I talk about what happened to me? Uh, no, I shouldn't. No, I shouldn't. That's, that, that wouldn't be good. So I won't. Um, and, and I think the defining moment that I remember for myself was just, I was in the car, I was listening to Jeremy Vine. I heard him interviewing a lady. I've got no idea who it was. And I've actually tried to find who it was because it was so you know, instrumental in, in giving me strength. But she was just talking about how empowered she felt being able to talk about this. And it just flipped it for me. It just was that kind of like light bulb moment where I suddenly thought, actually, you're right. It's, 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 it's about flipping it. It's about saying, well, look, this, this, this experience happened to me. I can't change that. Mm -hmm. But actually, I can... I can turn it into something else. And the fact that she had turned it into something else and the fact that she felt so empowered by talking about it and disclosing and, and going through her journey, I just thought, I want, I, I, I want to feel that. I don't want to feel this. I want to feel that. So how did you feel when you say, I don't want to feel this? Was it this heaviness or how would you describe it? Yeah, just this constant, a, a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear, as if, 
it's just fear. What I can, I think at the time I didn't realize, I knew, I knew that it was anxiety. You know, I knew that it wasn't a good feeling, but I didn't realize how much it took over my life mm -hmm. until I flipped it. And I suddenly realized that for, for, for the majority of my life, I'd have this fear inside of me and I wasn't there permanently, constantly, like everything I did. It didn't, it didn't take over everything, but it was, it was just a little niggle. And sometimes it would become huge. Um, if something else happened, if, um, there were other challenges in my life that I struggled with, this could kind of take over. And other times it, it, it you know, it was sleeping probably, it was snoozing and just, um, just there and, and I lived with it. I just lived with it. I just put up with it, but I didn't realize um, how powerful it was. And, and I just, and I think, I just, something in me, when I heard this lady, I just thought, wow, I want to feel empowered. If this can empower me, I want to, I want to feel empowered. Because that sudden feeling of empowerment felt so strong. It gave me so much strength that I guess took away from the fear, or the anxiety that was kind of suffocating. I guess if you wanted to give it a word, it would sometimes suffocate you and therefore make you feel, you know, like you didn't have any breath. Whereas the empowerment just gave you breath. It's like that massive deep breath of like, wow, I just feel so alive and capable and able. Yeah, that's quite a common thing. I hear people say that a lot that when they speak out their truth and they, they share, it's that feeling of aliveness when you, I actually said that on my TED talk last year, I was like, I, you know, feel so alive telling you my story and hoping that that will be a catalyst for someone to, to heal or to share or to, you know, cause we're all, we've all got things to heal from, you know, over, over our life. Um, but I think if there's something, a, a trauma, something that's really, been there and you're carrying it and you as you say sort of anxieties a, a lot can be like fear of the future they say depression when we're stuck in the past right um, and they say peace is when we're in the moment and we're accepting and there's all these great tools and tips for mindfulness but a huge part of that is talking things out right and yeah. realizing how you're feeling and saying this isn't right and more people need to know this isn't right. And, you know, so, so with all of these thoughts and this, this real desire to feel empowerment, what was the first thing that you did? Did you confine in one person or did you, what was your journey with that? So um, I had um, been seeing a psychologist and, and continue to see a psychologist. I've been seeing a psychologist for, for quite a number of years. Um, mm -hmm. And she knew, um, you know, I, I, I discussed this with her. Um, and, and throughout my life, there were periods of times, there were periods when, you know, mental health got so overpowering that, you know, I, I spoke to a doctor or, or I spoke to um, professionals, as it were. And um, so, it, so it wasn't the first time that I had 
that I had spoken about this trauma. Um, but I talked, you know, I talked to her and I said, you know, I think I might be ready to do something about this. I think I might be ready to do something about this. And that was, that was probably about five years before I did anything about it, four or five years before I did anything about it, because it was in doing something about it, there was still part of the trauma that I understand now and part of the abuse and this is why you know it's important to me to, to raise awareness is that that you feel like you've done something wrong that you feel responsible even though you're not and you know you're not with, with it's it's ridiculous but that's what your mind does that's how your mind works and you just think i don't want to cause more drama i don't want to cause more pain i don't want to i don't want to be responsible for blowing this up in other people's lives mm -hmm. so i'll just say nothing mm -hmm. because i'll just cope with what i'm doing and i think over the period um things just got worse and worse and worse for me so more and more people were talking about things there was more and more um being said in the, in the news and you know more and more stories um and i suddenly thought okay, okay, this, this has now got to the point where my mental health is actually suffering way more than the potential of what may happen if I say something. And I actually owe it to myself. And I think probably because there were more and more people saying things, I, I, I was just thinking, why shouldn't I have a voice? What is wrong with my voice? I have a right to speak my truth and my voice matters and by not allowing my voice to matter that was just continuing the cycle mm -hmm. so it was important to me to break the cycle um so one of the other things i think as well you know we've had all this um you know the child sex abuse inquiry all these things and and someone i know who who who's involved in that i you know, I spoke to her and I said, look, how does this process work? What happens? What, what, what's the situation? You know, what happens when someone discloses? Um, and she, you know, she talked me through um, stuff. But one of the things that she said was, you know, you're doing the right thing because it's not just your story. It's someone else's story. And maybe, maybe not, maybe your disclosure will you know en encourage someone else to say something maybe your disclosure will link something else to something else and that's that's how it works mm -hmm. and i think we're quite oblivious to understanding because i that was another kind of light bulb moment because i suddenly thought well i've never thought that it would be anyone else i've only ever thought it was me yeah i have in this really isolating and I think that's the fear. And I think that's what happened as a, as a children, you are, you know, you, you, there are people that are there to look after you and, and you kind of think, you know, hang on a minute, this is just me. It's very isolating. So I, so it never crossed my mind that there would be someone else, not, you know, or would there be, maybe there wouldn't be, but it just made me suddenly realize, wow, gosh, yeah, that, that this isn't just about me. This is about other people too. So 
if I can, if in doing this, I help someone else, then that makes it something very different. Yeah. Um, so I very luckily have, 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 you know, some fantastic supportive friends, very supportive um, friends, people who have known me, you know, for a long, long time and through this period as well. And, um, and I spoke to a few of them and I said, look, I'm thinking about doing this. And I think people were just so supportive and so <sighs> compassionate and understanding mm -hmm. that I thought, okay, I, I, I just need to do this. It just, it just felt like the, like the right thing. It just felt, I just had to get, I had to do it. I had to do it. It became something that was so strong inside of me that I thought, no, I'm, I'm going to do this. And I think the other thing was the 11 year old couldn't talk out and wouldn't talk out and will never talk out as much as we would love this to go away forever. Sadly, I don't think it ever will. And it's highly unlikely that children will ever speak out because that's just something that's really difficult to expect a child to speak out is, you know, it's massive. If, if, if an adult can't do it, you know, if I, you know, at 53 couldn't do it, then Christ, how could we expect a, an 11 year old too and I just thought you know the one thing I can do is give that 11 year old a voice mm -hmm. and I owe it to her to um to say something mm -hmm. yeah it, um, it's powerful because as children you know and it's such a common theme feeling that shame like when I was hit by a teacher and it was really painful and really humiliating I I didn't tell anyone and my mom was so furious when I told her later a few years later and by then it was too late I'd, she'd moved on or whatever or maybe it was much later actually it must have been because I must have been a teenager so then it was even you know I was in a different school and she, why didn't you tell me and I just I was so scared and I blamed myself and you know she humiliated me she walloped me in front of the whole class really hard for nothing and uh, carrying that shame. So I, I feel that. And, you know, I've spoken to so many people who've had, like yourself, trauma like this, and they've blamed themselves. It's their fault. It's their fault. And, you know, one of the people I spoke to, they said that it really hit them when their child was the age that they were. That was a real trigger. And it was that feeling of ensuring their child knew if anything happened so i've noticed off the back of people saying that that i've always said to my kids now nobody should ever you know touch you here there there and you tell me anything and you know really really trying to educate them i mean do you think that's the right thing to do because we need to we clearly need to do more as you're saying to get children to speak out about this but what can we do yeah, I, yeah, I think that's incredibly important, and I think I think the way society communicates is really, really important. I mean, um, you know, the way that we we're reporting these things, so they're heard about all the time. So there's there, there's a an opportunity to sit and discuss it around, you know, the dinner table or whatever, um, because it's it's being discussed openly. You know, I think I think that's that's relatively new as much as it might not feel like that. I mean, if you think about, you know, even just the, the latest um, on the child sex abuse inquiry about boarding schools and, you know, all this stuff, it's like, well, 
hang on a minute, you know, how did nobody know that was happening? And I think it's, you know, society has a responsibility to, to say, well, this can happen and this does happen. So how do we protect people? How do we vocalize it? How do we talk about it ourselves? How do we, um, how do we embrace someone who's, who's talked about it? Do we kind of burn the telly off and, and turn it over? Or, or do we do something like this where we say, well, do you know what? Why can't we just talk about this? We talk about, you know, um, rape and murder and, and all, all other kinds of, 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 of things that, that, that aren't right. So let's just talk about this too, because it shouldn't be a taboo subject. It shouldn't be that somebody, and I, you know, I, I feel like this too, it shouldn't be, oh gosh, well, you, you know, I feel a bit bad about saying I was abused. You know, it, it's like, you know, it's society's view, oh gosh, well, you know, were you a bad person? Did you come from a bad family? All this kind of stuff. No, it can happen anywhere and to anyone. And, and the only person who is very firmly responsible for the abuse, full stop, is the abuser, not the family, not, not the survivor, um, but the abuser. And, and if, we, if we embrace and encourage survivors to be empowered, to be able to understand that actually by 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 talking about it, um, even if that's in you know in a safe space and whatever space is right for them, because clearly vocalizing it for a lot of people isn't the right thing to do. But if it's in a very safe, confidential um, space, then society will start to realize that that this that trauma creates mental health problems, and that perhaps. You know, perhaps it's about encouraging people in authority and, and teachers and healthcare workers and, and parents. Parents, our own, you know, children's own parents, but also friends and whatever to say, well, does behavior change? Because very rarely is there trauma and no behavior change. Yeah. You know, most, most children that, that go through trauma, there will be some kind of behavioral change. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so it's about observing that and seeing that and understanding it and, and it being a known thing, it actually being something that we, that, we, that we talk about and we say, well, it is difficult. It must be really hard. If, if, what would you do if that happened in your family? What would your reaction be if suddenly, you know, your daughter or your son or your nephew or your niece or your grandchild or whatever suddenly talked about this? Would you immediately think, oh my God, that, that's dreadful, that's dreadful for my family? Or would you just say, right, hang on a minute, this is a child who is whatever age talking to me about a trauma that they've experienced. I just need to be present in that moment and, and, and talk directly with that child. And it's, I think as well, perhaps, you know, is it, is it about maybe not trying to fix it? You know, maybe we, we as a society also think that if people talk about something, oh, right, well, we need to find a fix. Mm -hmm. um, I think we just need to to start. You know, the fix will hopefully be because eventually every adult will know it's wrong. Now that's unlikely because you know we all know murder's wrong, but that doesn't mean <laughs> that there'll never be murderers around. Um, but but the, the the fix is also look. 
you know, this is a known thing, this happens, and we need to um, give people a space, give people a safe space, and give adults, I think, you know, for me, it, you know, wouldn't it be wonderful if there was a world in which there was no abuse? And second to that, wouldn't it be wonderful in, in which, if there had to be abuse, or not had to, if there was abuse, obviously there wouldn't ever have to be, um, but I mean, if there was abuse, that a child would immediately be able to tell someone. Mm -hmm. um, but that's that that's that's really challenging because not only is that child having to to say what's happened, but they're having to blow more often than not they're having to blow up their family unit. Mm -hmm. And 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 what child wants to do that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but can we can we get adults talking about it more openly? So that perhaps um, it becomes just a bit more of a subject that um, that people can encourage um, people to talk about it, families to understand that it happens, families to say, okay, how can we best respond? What is the best way for us to respond? Maybe that's the way to start. I don't know. You know, sometimes it's how we respond to something that prevents it being spoken about, maybe. Um, yeah. It will always be, it will always be hard to talk about. I think for me, the more I talk about it, the easier it becomes. And I think that's just because that probably is the way with things. I'm sure you found that um, with what you do. You know, the more you talk about something, um, the more known it becomes, the more information people can gather um, about it. But um, it's certainly very important that children are aware of what is right and wrong. Um, and I think we're moving as a society much, much more into that. I think there is, um, there is information, but even then there will still, um, you know, abuse comes with so much stigma. Maybe there's stigma as well. Mm -hmm. Is it stigma? It's stigma about mental health. I mean, how many people openly talk? You know, you openly talk about mental health, but there's probably still a lot of people that don't do that and see that as a taboo subject. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard, isn't it? It's, uh, for me, I'm seen as a bit of a weirdo because, you know, my dad always said to me, you know, WYSIWYG, I, I, I am an open book and maybe that's something that comes more natural to me or maybe it's something, a skill that I've developed. But certainly these days, um, that's kind of what my reputation has been built on is, you know, some call it uh, refreshingly honest, some call it like unashamedly uncensored, you know, but it's that thing that we should unashamedly be able to share the highs, the in-betweens and the lows because they make up part of life and we all vibrate at different emotions, you know, and we've all been low and we've, you know, hopefully all been high and, and in between and it's, it's saying, look, there's no shame. Any of these levels, anyone can have it. You know, I, I, I'm dubbed, you know, the queen of positivity, but a year ago I was traumatized in a, a mental hospital, the lowest scale, you know, the lowest scale, no love to give to certain people that challenged me, severe, just, oh, de demonic, just like paranoia and pain and shame. And I'm not ashamed of that. It was just a mental health condition I had. And, you know, it, 
since I've spoken about it, so many others have spoken about it. So, and they contact me and they say, oh, I can't believe how similar that sounds. So for someone that's listening now that perhaps has been through abuse as a child um, and they're, they're struggling and they're unsure what to do. I mean, did you, when you said to your psychologist, right, I'm going to, I think I'm ready. Did she give you advice or like, this is what you should do? Or was there someone, someone you could go to to say, right, this is kind of the step. Do you want to report it? Um, this is a sort of process and, and things like that. So uh, interestingly, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate in that I had a friend who was involved in, um, uh, you know, an inquiry. So I could, I could just ask her, you know, what happens um, I have another friend in social work so you, you know she she's sort of understood but you're right I mean it's like you know the thought of walking into a police station and saying something which is really what you have to do it's pretty scary and and you know maybe we need to, to look at that wouldn't it be great you know if there was somewhere that you could go where you could just get some kind of safe support and 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 just understand the process because I think that's the scary thing I think um and that's what I did I I I um I was steered in the right direction by a by a friend but I was fortunate in that I knew her so clearly if I hadn't known her then it would have been a case of going going straight um to the police um which when I did, you know, when the police uh, made contact with me and said, right, you know, we need you to come in and make a statement. Um, they were fantastic. I mean, I have to say they were very supportive. They were very, you know, it was a, it was a challenging time, clearly. I mean, that was probably the most challenging. I had obviously talked about it with my psychologist because I'd had EMDR treatment. So um, for, for PTSD for it. Um, so it wasn't the first time that I'd vocalized it, but it was pretty scary doing it. And, um, and I think, I think knowing that actually, um, it was being taken seriously, that, uh, it would be, it would be looked at. I mean, I, I did, I never did it. I think this was another thing that struck me. I never did it because. I wanted anything to happen. I never really thought much further than I just I just wanted to be able to disclose. I just felt I owed it mm -hmm. to my younger self mm -hmm. to do it. Yeah. And past that, there was never any expectation. I didn't I didn't want anything further to happen at all. Um, I did not want anything further to happen. I didn't want anything further to happen. Um, but I think in, in doing it, 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 it gave me that empowerment. It, it, it enabled me to think, okay, it's okay. I can stand up and I can, I can speak my truth. My voice does matter. I am able to tell the truth here. And that's the right thing to do. What happens now and what happens thereafter is nothing to do with me. Yeah. which is how it should be because it's not me you know creating something it's just and i think the fear that and 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 
the fear that it that it was that I wasn't allowed, you know, that I wasn't allowed to say anything. And that when I say allowed, it's like my own the only person that was stopping me from saying anything was me. Yeah. So how much fear does that mean I had inside of me? How much fear does that create if you really seriously don't think you can, can actually vocalize something that happened to you? Um, and I think it is a very challenging thing to do. But, but for me, what I would say to someone is, after having done it, this, this, this weight that was lifted this 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 whole kind of feeling that wow i've finally spoken my truth mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't all disappear it doesn't just go away yeah. fiercely but it 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 enables me it it gives it drives me forward and whenever there's a challenge i don't know if you've found this from from your experience but you know i think our, our biggest um wins come from our biggest challenges so something that's really hard and and um you know this happened to me this happened to me i can't erase it i can't make it not have happened so on the basis that it did happen to me then the best thing i can do is 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 create something else out of it that's positive mm -hmm. um and if that is to to be able to to verbalize it and talk about it and say it's okay it's okay to talk about it it's okay to disclose it's the right thing to do the more that we do it the more that society hears about it and understands that it's happening because it's, it's like anything is it's like a known thing you know i'm sure there must have been in all those boarding schools and all those um, convents and, and, and orphanages, there will be people that knew this was going on, but they didn't do anything about it. Yeah, yeah. And why is that? You know, it's not about saying, well, you're bad because you didn't do anything about it. That, that's, that's a human response. Mm. Um, but let's break the, the mold. Let's say, no, let's do something about it. Let's say it's, it's good to talk about it. In actual fact, let's just, assume that it's happened to everybody until someone tells us it hasn't happened to them why does it have to be oh that couldn't possibly happen to anybody until someone dares to tell us that it does and not has let's let's make it a known event so because because the more it becomes known and the more that we talk about it the more it will be talked about and that is what will stop it from being acceptable mm -hmm. This is not acceptable. It's never acceptable. It is 100% never acceptable. And, um, and, and, and it's right for people to turn around and, and, and give themselves a voice and say, I can talk about this. I can say this happened. I have done nothing wrong. Yeah. Um, and the more that we encourage people to do that in whatever form they feel comfortable doing that, mm -hmm. then the more will give people you know the opportunity to live really fulfilling lives yeah i mean do you feel so you would say you feel empowered now you feel like a weight's lifted how has it impacted your life since you took this huge step 
Um, absolutely, I feel empowered. I um, I feel massively empowered. I feel able to talk openly and honestly about who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, I think this this probably prevented me from from being real about who I was a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. um, I can I can. I can face challenges. I can I can sit there and think, okay, do you know what? I did that. So nothing else is gonna phase me. I'm gonna just live my life um doing as much as I can. Um and 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 if something comes along and I think, God, how am I gonna how am I gonna cope with that? How am I gonna manage that? Well, actually, I've managed that and I've coped with that and I dealt with that like that. So I have got the strength. Come on, you've got the strength, you can do it. You can you can um um be the person you want to be, and at least you can you can try everything. Um, and I think it's just given me so much. So, you know, I can I can just be emotionally. I can be myself. I can be um, I can be humble. I can be, you know, I can be openly um, sad. Mm -hmm. um, I, I have I feel so much more empathy with people um, it's just given me the ability to feel at peace with myself maybe is that what it is some kind of peace that I have done the best I can with a situation that was horrendous but I I'm I finally kind of Put, put, given the 11 year old the opportunity to run free and be herself yeah. and when she kind of when things do get difficult for her I, I can just be there and go it's okay I can just I can just be with it I can sit with it mm -hmm. and um and know that it will pass and 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 feel really at peace with myself um because I you know, I did nothing wrong. And I think that shame and guilt is just so debilitating mm -hmm. that, you know, I can remind myself that I have nothing to, to feel shameful or, you know, there's nothing to be ashamed of. I did nothing wrong. I am not responsible. Um, the, 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 the responsibility lies firmly with someone else and um let's get on and live life and not allow it to kind of totally debilitate me mm -hmm. was, um, there, was there a light bulb moment when you thought right it's time to release this shame um yeah i i think that that what's interesting is it comes and goes because i can't say that i I don't feel shame, but when I do, I know how to how to correct that. I know how to um, have a word with myself and say, "No, actually, come on, you're bigger than this. Your voice matters. Mm -hmm. You can vocalize this. You can say what's happened." And by doing that, by speaking out, I hear myself. 
Mm -hmm. um, and I remind myself, and I because I think, you know, this happened, and so the very act of, of something happening will always be there. You can't take that away, but we can we can support ourselves. Um, we can find coping mechanisms that enable us when, when we start feeling like we're kind of going down that little slippery slope. Um, I can talk to people, I can talk to friends, I can talk to people who know, I can talk to people and I can say, okay, I'm feeling like I might be kind of dipping into that place I don't want to go again. So, you know, let's talk about this, remind me who I am, remind me why I did this. I think even before, even before doing this, um, I suddenly thought, no, what was the reason why I did it? I did it because my voice matters. I did it because I want my voice to count. Mm -hmm. And the only way that my voice can count is if I use it. You know, it, nobody else can tell my story. Only I can tell my story. Yeah. And um, by doing that, I, I'm, I'm building the blocks of empowerment. And I'm constantly reminding myself that there is no shame, that I have nothing to be ashamed of. And I think when we vocalize that, and I see it, you know, myself, I'd love to set up some kind of uh, support group or have some kind of support network where what surprised me was that, that you know, there is very, very little, um, very few groups um, that are there to support um, survivors mm -hmm. of abuse. And um, there are some, but, you know, not a lot. And I think I know... I know, I know myself, the importance of actually being able to speak with people who have experienced the same thoughts and feelings as you have, mm -hmm. and being in a place where there is no judgment. So everyone can talk in a, in a very confidential um, safe space, and people can, can recognize in other people how they feel. Mm -hmm. um, and I think if we do that, it doesn't necessarily even, you know, great. If people can disclose, that's brilliant because the more that society realizes what's going on, the better. But I completely appreciate that that, that, that could just be too much for someone and that's, that's okay. There's, there's no shame in, in not being able to do that. But I think if people can talk openly um, in a safe space and vocalize it, we remind ourselves every time we talk about it, that there is no shame in the same way as with you you know i don't i don't think who says that you you know who has the right to say that anyone's too vocal about something that's happened to them it's your life you 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 can talk about it as much or as little as you want yeah. and if people don't like that well turn off the radio you know go and listen to something else shut your ears you know do you not want to know because oh does it create something in you that you don't like or something you know yeah um, yeah it's hard i certainly found like when i spoke very openly about my experience with hypomania mania and all the labels that were thrown that way psychosis um that perhaps it would be a bit much for my family because they went through it with me so maybe it was bringing back trauma for them but as you say it was just like well you don't have to you know 
look at the posts on my my blog or anything like that if it's too much you know because I get that and we're all in our own sort of journey in life but at the end of the day it's my story I'm the one that went through it and if talking about it helps you can't really live your life to look after everyone else because if I'd suppressed that and kept it quiet and not spoken openly I just would have felt as you say that kind of oh that weight and it is really empowering when you can use a challenging situation to really empower others and to to create yeah and 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 what's interesting there as well is is you know how you thought your family might respond you know your 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 fear about how a family might respond because i think with with disclosure there's that too because you know, is it that the family feels that an element of responsibility? Uh, they should have. They should have seen something. They should have known something. Why didn't you come to us? Why didn't you tell us? You know, and and not seeing you as a person in your own right. You know, sometimes it's you know families can respond in a really crazy way. Certainly to disclosure. I don't know, and I I, I suspect probably. And 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 your situation too. It's like, um, but but by by speaking our truth, we're not saying that our families are bad for not supporting us or or, or being able to know that that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and perhaps there's an element of of, of them having some shame and guilt mm-hmm. that 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 makes them unable to comprehend. Mm-hmm. Um, that they didn't notice or they didn't do something and it's much easier to kind of think well no i didn't i didn't notice uh, so maybe there nothing happened and that's why i didn't notice so maybe maybe it's just easier to to kind of pretend it didn't happen and say well actually i'm not sure that that's right i'm not sure that that's that, that's that's the right um account version of account you know version of what actually happened and maybe you're not you're not telling the truth so we'll just we'll just be in denial in the same way as you know all those people in 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 orphanages or um schools years ago were in denial um, mm-hmm. and perhaps we need to look at how we can support families as well um to to accept that you know this is a truth and it's not a reflection on them Mm-hmm. And that that's a natural response, but they need to change their response. They need to understand that by changing their response, it will encourage more people. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're not, you know, you, you suddenly perhaps, you know, you feel like you've been ostracized mm-hmm. because of something that happened to you that doesn't fit with the family, that doesn't fit with everybody's perception of what they would hope their family to be. But again, that's how that's how strong the abuse is, is that it kind of creeps all over everything. It's like, no, the only person that's responsible is, you know, is very firmly the abuser. Nobody else is responsible. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and perhaps it is about just, just, just saying whatever it is you're going to speak your truth about, mm-hmm. even if it isn't abuse, you know, even if you think about people... Um, talking about you know gender and and all this kind of stuff. What is it? Is it? It's 
it's really why do people not want to speak their truth they don't want to speak the truth because they're concerned about what other people are going to think about what they're going to say but but that's not fair who am i to judge you know you from what you say you know who am i to make that judgment yeah yeah and it's a reminder that you know you have to tell yourself this and that's why i, I love the strap line for this podcast you know judge less live more because when we judge less we are living more <laughs> we're living more because we're raising our vibration to care less about what people think when we're in tune with who we really really are the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, and we're in tune with that and we're accepting it. We're not trying to resist it and we're not trying to deny it. And, you know, there was a really powerful film. Um, I interviewed the director on here, Marilyn Edmond, uh, a couple of years back. Um, and she did a mental health indie film um, called Connect. <clears throat> and uh, it's quite, a, you know, it's talked about suicide and things. But one of the lines was, we just don't talk about it. We should, but we don't talk about it. And as a result, you know, it wasn't a very happy ending. And that was because of one of the characters with all the weight on the shoulders, you know. I can't talk about it. My family don't talk about this stuff. And it's like, you know, there's only so much surface level chat you can have, you know. <laughs> We've got depth to us, you know. And, it, and there's nothing wrong with acknowledging the choppy. It's, it's part of life life isn't always easy yes we they, they say you know positivity you get what you focus on and that's great and there's a lot of amazing things in the world isn't there there's a lot of amazing great people doing amazing things like yourself and there's i mean amazing people all the time but a lot of that comes from a strength within from sinking for a period of time Absolutely. I mean, how, you know, you can't get right up there without being right down there. You know, you can be somewhere in the middle and plod along, as you say. But, you know, in, in, in being right down there, we, we it, the strength that comes from that, because of overcoming that, the strength that you get from overcoming that, from saying, do you know what, this has happened, but by God, I'm going to make it count. You know, I can either, I can either be in that zone and let it, continue to affect me and be defined by that or I can say no I'm going to fight this and I'm actually going to say yeah well that did happen to me but do you know what I survived it and there is so much strength in survival there's so much more strength in a survivor than there is an abuser that let's you know let's fight that the, um, with what we have um, and let's support one another to overcome mm -hmm. that barrier and say, actually, yes, this did happen to me, but do you know what? I'm gonna fight so hard to make it count mm -hmm. that you know, I'm just gonna be so much better than that. And and you know, how can as you say, you know, you how do you know how positive you are if you've never actually been negative? You know, how how do you know? what's positive you know out of out of you know we do we learn from we never really learn from things going right we learn from mistakes we learn from the things that go wrong is that not what we teach our children i think you know what can we do with our children as well the other thing is is let's not try and make everything 
feel okay for them. You know, they will feel pain. They will feel upset. Let, let, let's sit with them when those feelings come and say, do you know what? Yeah, it sucks, doesn't it? It sucks and it's horrible and I'm here to, to keep you safe. But you can actually, you know, it will pass. This will pass. Instead of trying to, you know, sugarcoat everything and protect them um, from feeling sad or upset about something, um, we wouldn't want to, you know, I'm not talking about, clearly we don't want to make them sad, but if there is something that they feel sad about, then, then, then focus on it and focus on how it feels for them so they can learn coping strategies and they can understand when that feeling comes, they can recognize it, they can talk about it and, and, and they know when it's passing. Yeah. Um, it's key and like when we raise kids you know of course I did we were taught that empathy is a learned skill so if I was like you know my, my little one really hurts himself right don't make a fuss get up stop being silly you know as opposed to oh that must have really really hurt like I am empathizing with you now I'm on your level I get what you're saying do you need a hug do you want to have a crying like let's sit with this rather than come on stop being silly get up it's just a bit blood like let's go back and have a cup of tea and i'll give you a biscuit and it's that it's that sort of i'll give you a biscuit okay so something bad happens right let's just shove food down her face <laughs> you know these little these little programs that we pick up rather than actually we're not gonna look for a substance or whatever we're gonna sit and we're gonna have a hug we're gonna cry if we need to we're going to talk about it whatever it is you know um and, and those are healthy coping skills but we are programmed in society to just pick yourself back up and go and sometimes that takes a little bit of time even if it's 10 minutes with the younger kid or or whatever it is on the case by case but it's that attitude that we need to change yeah we do and 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 we need to you know, this too shall pass. You know, when I have a difficult time, when something, you know, when when sad things happen, and 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 there's been a, you know, big sad things that have happened. Um, it's really hard to be in that moment, but it will pass, and I know that I have the strength to sit with it until it has passed. And it's not about, as you've just said, it's not actually just thought about that. And when I've been saying that, you know, it's not about being strong enough for it not to matter or not to feel anything. It's about being strong enough to understand that, that we're strong enough to get through it, to mm -hmm. feel it, to, you know, to pass through that tunnel and come out the other end and go, wow, yeah, blimey. And that's building bricks, isn't it? It's blocks that, that life skills that if we teach it to our children when they're, you know, from, from, from the get-go, then, then wow, what, you know, what incredible adults will they be? Because they'll, they'll have so much, um, you know, they'll have built this wall of, of strength that they know they can depend upon um, and, and, and get through life because life, isn't a bed of roses. There will always be stuff that gets thrown at us. Yeah. Um, and that, you, you know, good or bad. And, and, and 
I think people will say to me, wow, you're so strong. And I think, well, I, I'm not really, I don't, you know, I am, I'm, I'm vulnerable. I feel pain. Um, I just know that I can, I can get through it. Uh, but it's still, when I'm feeling it, it's, it's still really, really hard to get through. Um, so I can empathize, as you say, with somebody else that is feeling that exact moment. But do you know what? When you get past, you know, when you get past it, breathe and let's just get on and, and, and let's make it count. Let's just make it count. Because what else is there? What is, what, otherwise, what's the point? Yeah, yeah. It's honestly, it's so inspiring hearing this. And I know it's going to help so many people. Um, do you have, like, like, what brings you joy, if I was to sort of, you know, just the first things that come to your mind, where, where you can get out of the mind and into your mojo? Um, okay, well, right now, what brings me joy is wild swimming, which I discovered about six weeks ago, and I can't get enough of it. Okay. totally mad but you know um and i love your podcast and your wild swimming which i've i've sent on to a couple of people i said you need to listen to this you know meditation beforehand because it really sets you up and i think that in a way that's that you know you 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 get into the water and it's absolutely freezing and we love it yeah. and um but it's just control it's just being in control it's it's kind of thinking wow I can do this um and then and then and then how you feel afterwards um so obviously um you know being in a pandemic um there's not much else we can do but I love I love that and I think um I mean my family I have three little grandchildren who are just adorable I think tiny little people you know just the innocence isn't it the innocence and and just um, so my children bring me great joy, massive joy, just sitting with them, just being with them, just maybe at this time, one of the things that this pandemic has, has maybe given us is time. So just the opportunity to actually just sit and stop and, 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 you know, listen to silence and, and, and go for a walk and just take a bit of, a bit of time. Um, so that brings me joy and but but equally you know i'm 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 setting up a new business i'm really excited about that challenges that that will bring um trying to find out ways in which i can you know resolve problems and find solutions and um so that does too and 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 friends you know just support just i think i think knowing that you can just it's great that I can actually just talk to people about about this. It's great that there are there are there are you know a few people in my life that have real compassion and real empathy like yourself, where you know you can just actually pick up the phone or drop them in line and say, you know, I'm feeling a little bit down about that, and 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 they'll really really hold us in a place until we're we're able to move past that. Yeah. so reaching out and finding some really special people yeah it's amazing and i always ask people um their mojo song for for people's playlists have you got a song or two that really 
get you out of the racing mind and you're like freedom like that wild swimming rush we get um oh wow yes i do and i'm trying to think what they are right now what are they what are they what are they um i think um I will need to, let me have a quick look on this. Well, you're more played. That's what some people do. <laughs> I was asked this question. You know, it's hard, I, isn't it? Oh, do you know what? I ended up giving about 20 songs. So I was like, <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't get enough. <laughs> I love that Castle on the Hill by Ed Sheeran. I oh, think that's fantastic. Yeah, that's um, I like um let's have a look at one that's just really really run by snow patrol oh i love that yeah i love that i love that i love that um um a bit of the old um glorious yeah that is excellent very good very good feeling it <laughs> um Bit of Rod Stewart, you wear it well. <laughs> Got a good mix on there. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I can't. Sherry Darling. Now, do you know that Bruce Springsteen one? When did I hear that? I heard that about six months ago. And then uh, I suddenly kind of thought, oh my God, that is such a fantastic song. You know, and it reminds me of, of, of being much younger than I am now. And um, if I go running, I, I kind of, have that on a loop probably about two or three to three or four times actually probably <laughs> oh gosh there are so many mm -hmm. that those i think are probably the ones that that stick out from this um playlist which i do actually run to love it love it loads it's been honestly it's been so nice to have you oh, fantastic thank, thank you thank you so much and i'll put if anyone wants to reach out to you um i can put your details in the show yeah. notes if you're happy for that um absolutely absolutely i think um yeah i'd love if you know if there's one person that's listening that feels um empowered from hearing this then i've done my job um because it, you know i heard someone and it empowered me and i think you know pass it on yeah. and it's lovely to do this with you too my dear we'll meet up in person when oh, we're all allowed to i know we'll go for a wild swim <laughs> oh absolutely absolutely the minute we can leave edinburgh and go down to the coast we'll do that oh i love it well thank you so so much lisa for sharing and keep spreading the mojo keep keep being you <laughs> and you and you you keep spreading the mojo too you're queen of mojo <laughs> well I'll, I'll keep it i like the nickname <laughs> lisa you're so brave honestly I'm, I'm so inspired by you so many good song options there for the playlist guys our first one was of course ed sheeran castle on the hill great song for the mojo shake it own it work it but i can't wait to go home and i'm on my way driving at 90 down those country lanes 
sing into tiny dancer and I miss the way you make me feel and it's real and we watch the sunset over the parks along the hills all the good vibes of that over the castle on the hill oh own it guys over the castle on the hill all the love guys see you in a few weeks have an amazing easter break and so much mojo see you soon mm.